Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. We've just lost 90% of our young audience. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Put you can cr- all you want. You create a disagree. <laughs> Disney fight. <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. Oh. Uh, so many viewers. We just lost so many. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. So we're doing the 1955 class... We're doing the Lone Ranger. Mike Woo. doesn't like it. We're going to fight. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. But before we do that, I guess, because I decided last week we're going to do the synopsis first, right? No? Yes? Yes? No? We decided we're going to fly by the seat of our pants, for sure. We decided that? Seat of the pants it is. I'm doing the synopsis. All right. All right. So we're doing the Lone Ranger from 2013. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit of what it's about. Right? Ooh. Here we go. John Reed is an idealistic lawyer. He rides with his brother and fellow Texas Ranger in pursuit of the notorious Butch Cavendish. Ambushed by the outlaw and left for dead, John is rescued by a renegade Comanche, Tonto, at the insistence of a mysterious white horse, and offers to help him bring Cavendish to justice, becoming a reluctant masked rider, the Lone Ranger. With a seemingly incomprehensible partner, Reed pursues a criminal against the obstacles. However, John and Tonto learn that Cavendish is only part of a far greater injustice. And the pair must fight in an adventure that would make them a legend. That is the Lone Ranger. And the Lone Ranger, as I said, was released in 2013, actually July 3rd, 2013, which was a Wednesday, which is a big summer movie, obviously. Oh, yeah. And it has a runtime of 150 minutes. It's a long one, rated PG-13. Production budget of $215 million. A lot. It's opening weekend. It did 29. Not a lot. <laughs> Domestic, it did 89. And worldwide, it did 260. So it, it, it was a big flop. It's a big flop. It's actually one of the biggest financial flops of all time. Lost 94 to $120 million. So yeah, it did not perform well. Now, it was like I said, it came out on the 3rd of July, which was a Wednesday. It came up against Despicable Me 2, which was a huge hit. And Kevin Hart, let me explain, which was, we were busy with that, weren't we? Did we have that one? Yeah, we had that one. Yeah, that, we were busy with yeah. that. Uh, the 5th of July, which would be that following Friday, you had Stuck in Love and The Way, Way Back. Not to be confused with Way, Way, whatever the one that's coming out, The Way Back with Ben Affleck when he's the basketball coach. Yes. Or yeah. This one is the one with Steve Carell where he's the jerk stepfather. Yes. yes. Which is actually a pretty good movie. Um, you didn't like it? Uh, there were, no. It's not really my cup of tea. That's good. July 12th, which is the week after, you had Grown Ups 2 and Pacific Rim. So clearly, this is, we're in the middle of summer. So you have all these big movies, all these sequels. Mm-hmm. There's only a lot of competition. And the week before that, uh, the 28th, you had White House Down, which is not good. And <laughs> you had The Heat, 
White House actually, down, you mean poor man's Olympus is falling. Correct. <laughs> and you had the heat, which you learned last week I walked out of. So you can you know how I felt about that. Butler loves it. I do not love that. I only stayed when Field walked out. I had to stay in there because uh, our boss at the time. <laughs> at our at the time. Boss, our boss was watching the movie intently and doesn't know how to shut down the movie. Oh, and so I'm sitting there watching she hears the movie. This. She That's watches fine. this episode. It listens to this episode. <laughs> She knows it's true. <laughs> She's sitting in the front row just watching it. But then I find out at the end, I was like, what do you think? She goes, that was terrible. So I probably could have shut it down. When you should know that when you asked her that, I was probably in bed sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> the movie was directed by Gore Verbinski. He won the Oscar for direct. Uh, actually, he didn't win the Oscar. Well, he did. He produced it. But uh, for Rango won the Oscar for yeah, best I, animated feature. I love Rango. I almost put that on the list today. I forgot. It's not, that's not forgotten. No one talks about Rango anymore. There was supposed to be a Rango 2 and there's no Rango talking 2. talking about it right now. Oh, my God. Enough. I love Rango. Just, <laughs> I'd rather talk about Rango than Lone Ranger. Oh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he, uh, he directed uh, Pirates, the first Pirates, Crystal Black Pearl. Actually, the first two, right? Did he do all three? Or I, did, I believe he did, did all, all three. three. He didn't do the fourth one. He did not do the fourth one. Uh, he did The Weatherman, which I like. That's the one with Nicolas Cage. The Weatherman is good. And he did the original The Ring, the first The Ring. He directed that. Which is also people good. Don't know. Yes. Uh, written by Justin Haith or Haitha? Haith. Haith. I think it's Haith. I think it is. Uh, Mr. Haith or Justin uh, wrote Revolutionary Road, Red Sparrow, and A Cure for Wellness, which was also directed by Verbinski. Also way too long. <laughs> uh, listen, this is this uh, is how this episode. Hey, hey, listen, if you're just gonna make comments like that, I'm just gonna start <laughs> yelling at you, and then it's gonna turn into curse words. So knock it off. Now he wrote the. I think he wrote the original script, and then Elliot, Ted Elliot, and Terry Rossio came on to kind of oh, touch sure. up or whatever they did or however however it was done. I, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, Elliot wrote Mask of Zorro, and they both wrote Mask of Zorro. Which hey, we did that episode. That's Aladdin, right. Small Soldiers, The Pirates Movie, Godzilla from '95. That's unfortunate, and Treasure Planet, amongst other things. Music by Hans Zimmer. Obviously, you heard us do the William Tell Overture. Zimmer obviously uses the overture, but he actually adds on to it. Yes, for, I, I, for, yeah. the, the soundtrack is very very good. Yes, uh, he won the Oscar for The Lion King. He's done Rain Man, Twister, Days of Thunder. He's done a bunch of stuff. Cinematography by Bohan Bazelli. I hope I think I, I don't think you pronounced the J there. Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Listen, he's done a lot of stuff, but I like to pick the ones that are in the past. So Pumpkinhead, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, and he actually just did underwater. But he's done a ton of stuff. I don't like how you laughed at Pumpkinhead. I, I laughed at Pumpkinhead because it's a silly name. It's a cool monster though. Oh, that's fantastic. But yes, it's is a, it better than Lone Ranger? He's a cool is monster it too long? With an is it too long? Name. It is not too long. Yeah. It's like a 90 minute movie. Why don't you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Burbinsky produces well Bruckheimer. If you Watched any movie in the 80s that was a big time action movie. Brookheimer produced it. Even now. Oh, yeah. Armageddon, Thief, Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop, Days of Thunder. Any Tom Cruise movie he did. He just, he's huge. It used to be Brookheimer and Simpson. Simpson passed away. And then Brookheimer kind of went on and continued the, the whole producing mogul that he is. Yes. But he does everything. So I'll run through the cast and then we'll get to why Butler hates everything. Johnny Depp <laughs> plays Tonto. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows who Johnny Depp is. But if you didn't know, he started on 21 Jump Street. A TV show. He was on that. He was on the original Nightmare on Elm Street. He's also in the Pirates movies. Army Hammer as John Reed or the Lone Ranger from the Social Network, Man from Uncle, which is an upcoming episode, and also Call Me by Your Name, the Oscar darling from a couple years ago. William Finkner as Butch Cavendish, Mr. Finkner's from Crash, Armageddon, Contact, Strange Days. We did Strange Days uh, season three. We did uh, season three, yep. Yep. Tom Wilkinson as Cole. Uh, Clay, he's from Michael Clayton. Valkyrie, which we did uh, season one. Season one, Valkyrie, yeah. <laughs> and Batman Begins. 
I, again, I give you just a couple movies. I like done. how all of our movies are starting to. Some of our forgotten movies are I, really peppering in there. I, I purposely try to find those movies. That's good. Ruth Wilson <laughs> plays Rebecca Reed. She is from probably more recently The Affair on, on Showtime, Anna Karenna, and Saving Mr. Banks. She can currently be seen on His Dark Materials I, on HBO. I, I noticed that as well, but I figured you'd bring that up. And Luther, which I know he she I never watched. She's Luther. she's really good in Luther, and Luther is a really good show. It's a BBC show, but it, you can find it in America. It's a bit long. Helen Bottom Carter as <laughs> Red Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> she's from Fight Club, Sweeney Todd, Harry Potter series. She plays um uh, who does she play? Well, I'm blanking on the name. Bellatrix. Yes. Bellatrix is <sighs> Sorry, I keep blanking on the name. And she's also she's in the TV show The Crown this this past season. I believe the next season. James Badge Dale as Dan Reed from the Pacific TV series on HBO. 13 Hours, The Gray. Barry Pepper as Fuller, Saving Private Ryan, Crawl, Battlefield Earth. Do not see that movie. <laughs> then 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 I this is my note. James Frain's in this movie, and I'm like, why? Like he's in it two scenes, and that's it. Uh, why are you doing this movie? I wonder if he has like tons of stuff that were cut. And then Stephen Root is Haberman, and the only reason I have Stephen Root because he's Jimmy James, the man so nice, and twice from News Radio TV show. Do you ever watch News Radio? I've watched episodes. Yeah, I mean, he's also fantastic. Milton in Office Space, yeah, which but is it, where most people that, know that's, him. That's fantastic. And he's but, currently on Barry, which but is News really Radio good. News Radio is really good. So is Barry. News radio is really good. I know you don't like Barry. It's not that I don't like Barry. It's just that uh, you you know my issues with Barry. It's a good. I'll still watch it. It's just it's not as perfect as everyone keeps saying it is. I'm just saying. Stop giving every and not everything's the best of everything. You're right. You can also get lone radio. Right. So tell me why you didn't like this fucking movie. All right. So tell me what. So tell me what you didn't like about it, and then I will tell you whether I agree with you. All right. First Go. of all, let me Go. Just, let me start by saying I actually like this movie, <laughs> but it's got a lot of problems. I don't get why everybody dunks on it so much. It's like, it's not that bad, but there are a lot of issues. And okay. I get why people have issues with it. First of all, it is far too freaking long. Well, what are you cutting then? Tell me what you're cutting. There are so many scenes that are repetitive with Reed's constant comments that talk about, I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to kill you're him. You're talking about, okay, you're talking about, about Lone Ranger Reed. You yeah, need yeah. like, you need like one, one instance of that. I'm good. The Tom Wilkinson stuff, it's like, you know, he's bad. It's a little overdone. His the, the, the constant reveals when you already know things, just cut that out. Pair that down. I know originally this was actually like a three and a half hour movie. We had werewolves in it and stuff. Well, no, that's they didn't shoot any of that. That was that was the original yeah. concept when Columbia Pictures announced that they were doing it in two thousand two. The original script had was more supernatural, had werewolves and coyotes and all that nonsense in there. Yes, but that wasn't in. They didn't shoot any of that. No, but Gore Verbinski wanted it, and they had to pare down the budget and they pared down the script because uh, of that. Columbia also wanted to have Tonto be a female and be his love interest in the movie. Ooh. No, that would that <laughs> no ridiculous. I don't mind if the Tonto was a female, but they don't have to be a love interest. Okay, no, no. Go ahead, keep going. What are you cutting though? But what are you cutting? I, I like I told you, you can cut a lot of the stuff about him going, I'm not gonna kill him. I'm not like, just so much you can cut almost the entirety of the scene where they go into the uh the, the whorehouse. Okay. Cut that one, cut that town out. That's unnecessary. Oh, you know, yeah, you get some fun stuff with the horse drinking beer. But then you're cutting, but then but then that's fine. But then you can't use Helena oh, Bottom Carter's character at all. All right. But she comes into play later on. Ugh, like Ugh, what? what? That's what, she, what does. Does she do. She she, she starts the diversion so that they can get on the train. They could have started their own diversion. They've got a ton of nitroglycerin and dynamite. They could have set something up in a horse ring. All right, it's gone. So you're right? basically saying Helen Bottom Carter, we don't need you anymore. We're cutting you out. See you later. We don't need you. Essentially, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if you really need Barry Pepper's character. 
Well, you uh, to be as much of a front focus, like okay. But you have to understand they're talking. They're the, but they are cutting through Comanche territory no, to make the, to make the train. So you have to at some point include the cavalry. No, I get I get having the right, cavalry in right. there, but then including him in the conspiracy just to add another layer to the conspiracy is just like I, I you don't need that. They don't need to know what they're doing. I, I'm okay with them just just being there and and causing the issue or un. Fortunately, being there, like, they that whole that whole thing with Barry Pepper can be cut, and I like Barry Pepper, but but then you're gonna lose the ending because the best part of this movie is the eight and a half ten minute scene at the end with the train, all the train fight. I don't disagree, and you need Pepper in that because he fights him. I know. So you need. So I get that. You could have had another strong man. You can, but then now, but then you're not having somebody that's kind of a, a. a supporting slash main bad guy character. You're having just some dude that he's fighting. You know what I mean? Like he's not fighting somebody that's you want to see him best. You can always have a stooge that they, that Wilkinson has been using while his brother has been out eating people. Apparently. Well, that's not his brother. That's just his brother from the desert. That's what he said. It's not, they are brothers because they discovered it together. They're not brothers. Mm-hmm. He says brother brothers born in the desert. That's well, what he says. He does say that. Okay. Yeah. That's, I get what you're saying. Yeah. He, he's he's basically linked to him because this because is their they plan. Both know this plan. Right. Yeah. This I get is their that. plan. Yes. But I don't know. I think if he had just a big stooge, you could have had the same, like a Jaws from James Bond kind of a dude. Or like we just watched Birds of Prey, which is going to be dated now because this episode is going to come out way after that. <laughs> but like Victor Zaz to his to Black Mask, you know, somebody who's close to the bad guy who that way you don't have to have this whole other plot well, line kind of wrap that's, around. That's it. Fuller. See, I think he's maybe his own little plot line, which I don't necessarily Well, but know. Barry Pepper is overacting a lot in this movie. Oh, I love yeah. when he's yelling. Yeah. And the spit's coming out and yeah. sticking to his beard when he's having them gun down the Comanches. <laughs> but you want to cut all that out. I do want to cut all that out. Because <laughs> it's just, it's the movie's too long. And I feel like maybe that's something that would save it from itself. Yeah, but the it's problem. It's very overindulgent. The thing with the cavalry, though, is you have to have the stuff in there about how uh, basically, the white man took the territory from the Comanche. How just the, the back and forth between the Comanche and you know this, the white men coming in and and doing whatever they will as white men do. Uh, you know, so you have to have that because that's a part of history. Right. I think that this movie. I understand your complaint. I'm just gonna say I think why it's a lot of that stuff is in there because you cannot have a movie like this without referencing the atrocities the that, I get, and the injustice I that's going that, on yeah. back then. Yes, but. A lot of that cavalry, that whole cavalry scene comes before really Barry Pepper comes into play in terms of finding out that the conspiracy is on, turning the tables on Reed, uh, a.k.a. the Lone Ranger. But that's also, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, like, you can still have the cavalry stuff and just, you don't need, a, I guess, that face turning around and joining the bad guys and creating another layer to their conspiracy. And I will argue that you do, because Reed brings, we keep seeing Reed, it's the Lone Ranger, oh, I know, we, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, he brings Cavendish to justice because he and that, but then he finds out that Cole is bad. So the one person that's supposed to be the government, which is Barry Pepper's character, is supposed to be on the side of justice. And when he turns, that's, that's what pushes to him to become like, well, I need to be yeah, an outlaw. Right. So yeah, that's right. That's right, Butler. One down. <laughs> uh, but that's why he's there, I think, because he's supposed to represent. I get that. The government. And I do like his transition into Lone Ranger. Again, mm-hmm. I don't hate this movie. I just there's. Especially the second time around, I watched it with the eye of because when we first watched it, I know you really liked it. I did. When I watched it the first time, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much as you did, but it's like it, Tomorrowland, like you just really liked yeah. it. And it was something that I just I was like, no, it was good. This time I was watching it to see why I think I watched it with more of a critical eye sure. because I wanted to see what people didn't like about it. Not to say that I 
still think the humor is right, really good. I think their chemistry is fantastic. Their chemistry is great. I think the horse still was <laughs> yeah. amazing. Uh, I don't think you need the opening. I don't think you need the bookends with Tonto. I That's one thing I'll say is I don't, while I understand like some of the stuff within the bookends is funny, is cute. You know, they, they kind of, and they kind of blend reality and it's very Disney. It, so maybe that's why maybe, but like when the kid comes up, cause the kid's name is Will it's supposed to be Will. Mm-hmm. I think he's supposed to be not Will Rogers, right? No. Is he? That'd be fun. I wonder when he comes up and, and he trades him with that mouse for the, for his, the can't, his yeah. yes. And then he's telling the story. And then when he's burying the bodies and he makes the trade mm-hmm. for the, the, um, whatever he's making the trade for, he actually uses the same bag that he got from the kid as the trade. Yeah. So they blend that and that stuff. I like, I don't it's, mind that. It's clever, yeah, but right. I don't know if it's necessary. I don't, That's I don't, all. When he's telling the story, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't think you need it. I don't. Um, so uh, that's fine. If that went, that would be fine. And then you're going to miss out on all the other stuff, but that that's okay. I, I, I didn't get that. I, I was always like, eh, that's all right. I don't mind it. Whatever. It's, it is what it is, I guess. We should say that it looks gorgeous. And they shot at Monument Valley, like they shot in Utah and Arizona, mm-hmm. which was uh, a favorite filming location of John Ford. So there's a lot of stuff in this movie that are homages to Ford and homages to old Westerns like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cinematographer shot 70% of the movie is daytime exteriors. And he shot that on 35 millimeter and anything that was an interior or a nighttime exterior, he shot digitally, which I thought was interesting that they blend it, but it looks there's some, when they're walking in the beginning, when they're going into the Canyon, the stuff on the mountain, any kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. When the, it's beautiful. He's Gore Verbinski has like a really good eye for the, uh, like he, his cinematography. He's a very good director. He's a very good director. Pirates was the same way. When mm-hmm. Pirates first came out, it was like, it looked really interesting. He created this very interesting world with very good shots, a really cinematic look to it, which I think is partly why the fourth and fifth pirates don't really hold up because they don't have that eye for that world. There's also something about, you know, squeezing a stone to try to get more water out of, you know, enough. Uh, oh, that's true. Yes. We're done with the pirates. That's we're true, pleased yeah. to be done with the pirates. We're done. Right. The first one's great. I don't mind all three, the first three, they're fine. Then they complete the story. We don't need more. We're good. We're good. Well, they're already rebooting. I know they are, but I'm just saying <laughs> we're good. What else didn't you like, brother? <laughs> Let me go into my, tell notes. me else. But I think people crapped on this movie because number one, well, I, I'm not saying anything. It's not already out there because it had such a big budget because they were, they had some problems, production problems. I think people wanted to not like this movie. I can see that. And because you had movies like the wild, wild west that came out that weren't good, that didn't perform well. Uh, you had other, like you had a couple other Westerns that just, uh, what was the Jonah hex one that didn't do well. Ugh. I think people just expected this movie to be terrible and they expect, and there was some controversy about Johnny Depp playing a Comanche and he had said that his great grandma, his grandmother was part Comanche. He thought yeah. a native American and he tried to, he wanted to correct the wrongs. and stuff. I didn't think it was disrespectful him playing it. Whatever. If you don't like it that way, that's fine. I think that was part of it as well. I think people just didn't want to like the movie. And when the movie came out, they couldn't admit that it was, it was okay. It was at least, it's, it's not, I will say this. You don't like the movie. Fine. It's not as awful as people keep saying. Not at all. It's not a complete train wreck. It didn't deserve to be a box office bomb. It's a good flick. It's you don't like it. Fine. But if you like old Westerns and you like adventures, it's got a lot of awesome action in it. The whole opening train scene is awesome. The end train scene is awesome. I mean, how do you not get excited when the music kicks on at the end? After he whips the gun and shoots around, the music's just playing like, yeah, I don't think anybody doesn't like the end. I think they don't like, Everything in the middle. It's it's bloat. <laughs> it's bloated. It's and people don't want to sit through a movie like that for for this long. Sure. Um, 
you know, you want to be Avengers and do that? That's fine. These people have been watching 21 movies to get there. I also think we talked about it before. Westerns are your grandfather's um, genre. Really. Sure. And again, Westerns now, it's tough for people to remember them. People like them. They're really well made. They're the good ones. And what's nice is new Westerns kind of show more, I think, reality. A little more dirty. They're a little more dirty. More, more bad things that happen to good people. Yes. But that's not the genre of the time right now. And I think that hurts it too. So when you throw $250 million, you're taking a big risk. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe this movie could have done better with a smaller budget. I think maybe. I'm, and I know you, you're going to lose the train sequences, at least one of them, to cut down some of the budget. But I think it would have helped this movie to have a smaller budget. Here's the thing, though. Everyone deferred, like Verbinski, Hammer, Depp. I can't remember someone else. They deferred 20% of their, their fee to help this movie move forward. So they were cutting costs. How much costs. is Hammer asking for at this point? Well, not. He's probably not a lot. Yeah. What, I mean, but if, if Johnny Depp's going to do it, you're going to do it, too. Like just to look good, yeah. yeah. Well, that, this, is still first, a big this is the first time that a Lone Ranger movie or TV show, it's uh, the oh, the main, I shouldn't say the main credit, the, the, the higher credited star is Tonto. But like, who cares? It's yeah. That's what you're going to say. Yep. Quentin Tarantino, I think it was forgotten. It's on his top 10 list of 2013. That's great for Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, QT, baby. Right. He knows what's up. He knows what's <laughs> up. Quentin Tarantino also likes the Marvel films, Mike. All of them? Yeah. Listen, now it is they're fine. <laughs> I, why, why do I get the shot? I don't sound like I don't like them. I, I, they're fine. Really? Did I walk out of them? Like I walked out of the heat? No, I mean, so clearly, no, I do not like them. Walking out That's of the heat is extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done pooping on this movie. I don't want to poop on it anymore. No, no, no. no. I want you to keep, I like on. keep pooping movie. on it. Go ahead. Keep, right. Come on. Here's one thing. I, one more thing I didn't like. The whole Tonto's craziness. I, I like his weird zaniness most of the time. But his cat thing. Really pissed me off. What, that he is so afraid dumb. of him? He's afraid of the cat and then he hides the freaking face in the cage. <laughs> Fear of cat. Stop it. Just stop. <laughs> no, it's, it did not work. Cut that out. Okay. Ugh. That's fine. I don't that know was why. only the one time. I don't, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't remember that bothering me the first time, but that's something like, this is freaking stupid. Was that from the TV show? I have no idea. I don't know. But maybe that was just I, I you know, that was yeah. only that one scene, though. Right. It wasn't everywhere. It, it was wasn't only the any, one scene. Maybe yeah. if he did it more, it would have been better mm-hmm. because, OK, he really does have a fear of cats. But he's mm-hmm. like, we're a cat. No. And he hides. The <laughs> I do like when Reed is brought to the Comanche tribe elders and he's sitting there and he talks to him and he's trying to go spirit walker. <laughs> yeah. And then he tries to drink the drink because he, ta- yeah. he seals him. Uh, custom. It's a, a compliment. <laughs> goes, Why are you wearing the mask? <laughs> Tano teach you this why are you laughing because it's funny <laughs> there's there's a lot of humor in this movie yeah because he talks about how I haven't shot I haven't shot a gun in nine years yeah that's supposed to be also a reference to the fact that the last time the Lone Ranger was on screen was nine years ago when they were making the movie so I thought that was interesting but when he shoots it and it, and it ricochets off and then it drops the, and then Tano's like great shot and he's <laughs> That was actually supposed to be a warning yeah, shot. That's so good. Bad shot. When he looks up at the crow, he shot half the crow's head off. Yeah. Well, nothing. <laughs> no, not him. Wrong. This brother. This him have wet, half wet, wet brain. <laughs> the, hor- the horse is one of the best. Oh, when he's trying to get, he doesn't want to resurrect them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've already, you've crapped all over it. What else did you like? Like what, what stood out, I guess, most for you? Was it the action scenes? The action scenes are great. I mean, the horse is great. 
the digital buffalo. I like that. <laughs> I had the note when they're on the train in the beginning because the yeah. buffalo are like, oh, digital buffalo look beautiful this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did enough with Reed's connection to the spirit world. Okay. With his flashes that he gets in his mind. When he grabs the silver. He, he, yeah, when he grabs the silver when he first wakes up after mm-hmm. being resurrected. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, he sees pieces of the past and future. Mm-hmm. But you never, he never really uses that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand why that was in it. If it maybe in an original script, maybe it had more to do with the film. I mean, it just never comes back. You can kind of, when he's shooting, when he shoots uh, the gun off out of Cole's hand at the end, because of the one bullet, he I mean, there's the stuff power. like that. I mean, yeah. He can't be killed. Right. But you could be wounded. Yeah. Yeah. He gets shot in the door. It's, it's really dark outside. Can't be killed. <laughs> <laughs> You said I can't get shot. No, I said you can't be killed. <laughs> Is that thing sterile? Yes. I made urine on it. <laughs> I like when he's talking to the horse, but I cannot decide whether this horse is stupid or just pretending to be stupid. <laughs> Did you like Victor's portrayal of Butch Cavendish? I like Victor in everything. Okay. But I he's really he's like really he's, good. He's really evil. He's this. almost like an R-rated villain. But like he's in a, a PG thirteen movie. movie, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, when he licks the blood off his own knife. With well, the, he, well, he eats the guy's heart. Yep, he eats, he eats the brother's heart. Like I guess there was more of that, and they kind of cut it out. Well, he doesn't. It doesn't look like he stabs the heart. It looks like he's he stabbing. Get, his he's stuck, but I think he reaches. Well, the thing is, you're not going to go through the the not, chest cavity. Yeah, that's different. You're going to cut in like the, and then reach your hand up and pull it out. So maybe some not of that. that was not that I've any experience with this. <laughs> Well, I feel like the jackrabbits are part of, um, or I guess the regular rabbits. Still have well, horns. nature out of balance. The, the nature yeah. out of balance thing. I feel like that's part of the original script, like the werewolves sure. and the supernatural element. I think that's where that came into play. Because mm-hmm. that, that just comes out of nowhere. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? When they throws the meat of the, the rabbit at them. Yeah, yeah and they yeah. eat it. Yeah. I do like when lightning starts eating the scorpions. Oh, right, right. <laughs> well, he doesn't call him lightning till the end. No, he calls him silver. Silver. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm calling him lightning. Lightning from another Lightning Zoro's horse, which was an episode we did. <laughs> <laughs> we already we already pimped that. Damn it, damn it. Sorry, sorry. Apologies, apologies. Although I think, believe in the fifties or forties, the Lone Ranger and Zoro did team up in a uh, movie. Of course they did. Or TV uh, episode. Oh, well, what are we waiting for here? Because they, know. I know that the, one of the notes was to make this movie like the Mask of Zoro to kind of mimic that swashbuckling adventure type of thing and this is a very dark this is an adventure but it's, it's dark it's a dark adventure there's there's some darkness in i think that Zorro, and i think not quite as much no 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 no. I'm, i got you yeah but for the lone ranger that probably is why it's, it's a longer movie and i think i already touched on it before was it's trying to not make a glossy lone ranger movie it's trying to make it realistic and and just like i said recognize what really is happening at this time right so i I, I that's probably what makes it a little bit bigger. Like there's that part when he's walking Cavendish to basically Cole and all of them. And Cole's saying a prayer as they're sitting there and the mm-hmm. prayers, it's almost like a montage or cross dissolve of prayer and, and the, him walking along the, walking the desert. Yeah. Thing, so, I mean, yeah. there's stuff like that, that they try to kind of keep in there. So, but you see, I think there was some darkness and realism in mask of Zorro in terms of how the rich yep. abuse the Californians. Mm-hmm. And yet that movie was still just, you know, a tight two hours. And I think maybe that's Martin Campbell's direction, his, his need for speed, his need to get the story going. The plot of the villains in Lone Ranger is a little bit bigger. And it ha- you do have two different, you have two different villains. You have Cavendish and Cole and they're, they're, they're teamed up, 
but they're doing two di- different things. You have to address two different things. One just wants to be rich. One wants to rule. Right. right. But they're but you have to kind of go back and forth, and you have to have the Lone Ranger go back and forth, and whoever's with Cole. They're split villains. That's I think why it's it, it adds more to it. With the Mask of Zorro, you have one villain. It's one person. It's one goal. It's right there. That's you're probably why you're able to. It's just yeah. yeah, and that's you know again. Could that be? Could you? They both fix have that in Lone Ranger. They're both going to mine sure. for a certain element of to course. buy somebody else to own some land. Of course, in the West. Well, that's I mean, that's probably a you know big thing out there. Back in the day. Now that I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that they had to build this giant oval track for the train stuff. For the train sequences. So they built their own track. They had a huge track that they had to keep going around and just to shoot everything. And obviously it's all on green screen because there's, you know, I, but let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the, the big ending, uh, the whole entire train fight and sequence and stuff like that. I, give me one thing out of that, that jumped out at you. Not the music is obviously a given. It's fantastic. It adds to it. It's great. I love it. What else do you, what did you like in it? And what jumped out at you towards the end? What jumped out at me about that train sequence is there's a lot going on. I mean, we're following a lot of characters, but it never, and this is to speak for Gore Verbinski and his, his direction is it never got confusing. Mm -hmm. I always knew where everybody was on the track on where the track was going. I understood where the characters were in relation to the train. And I understood, you know, Tonto is here now. Is he going to get the Lone Ranger? No, because he's down on these tracks other than maybe the bridge coming into play. And you're like, Oh, I forgot about the bridge. Right. For the most part, a lot of modern directors, will cut the crap out of that. Yes. Cut, 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 cut. And it becomes very confusing. And and you just flashed with shots of like, he just smacked him. No, he smacked him. And it's just, this action was smooth, but still cut quite often because mm-hmm. you have five or six characters at this time. You have Danny, the Lone Ranger's nephew. You have Ruth Wilson's character. You have Tom Wilkinson. You have Wayne Fickner. You have Tonto. And you have the Lone Ranger. So yeah, six characters. Barry Pepper. Did you say Pepper already? Fuller? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. So that's seven. So you have seven and characters two, and on two trains. Train. Yeah. And two different trains going in two different directions. Yeah. And you never get confused as to where, who's doing what and where these trains are right. in relation to each other. That's what really stuck out to me this time. I was like, wow, that was, that's really well done. I think when directors go to quick cuts, one, one shots, you know, that's because that's for a variety of reasons. One, let's just shoot coverage. we got to get coverage because we don't know how the wide is going to be. Yeah. Whatever. The other reason is because they're not strong. They don't know how to, they don't have the confidence to set up a big shot like that, to set up moving parts, to work the camera organically into the story, which I talk about a lot of times with Spielberg. Um, granted, now this is uh, the part of the reason why this budget is so big is it's special effects driven. There's a lot of right, first, digital, there's this whole train sequence. Train sequences are right. ruin the budget. <laughs> That's, and, I, and I'm not saying in terms of the organic storytelling of that, in terms of, you know, how do you do that? Well, you're obviously not there. It's phony. I get that. Yeah. But like you said, there's wide shots, there's setups, there's big shots, there's stuff like that. Like that's Verbinski being a director who is confident that he can do it, knows it's probably meticulous. I don't even have to, I'm guessing probably meticulous, organized, knows what he wants and says like, this is what I want the shot to look like. And you know, that's not being stubborn. That's, this is what I want. And if, of course, if there's problems, you can't do it. We need to adapt to that. Sure. No problem. But there are a lot of directors. There are a lot of people out there that are, that direct and they don't know what they're doing and they, they just kind of covered up with coverages and quick shots and stuff like that. The big shots, the one shots, the long shots, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's classic directing style. That's, that's a classic director. That's John Ford. That's John, you know, that's John Houston. That's old time directing. Yeah. But 
it's still awesome. I love that. It I love one shots. Yes. You know, I love one shots. And because I love seeing the action played out, I'm going off on a tangent. Part of the <laughs> reasons why I love one shots is you can watch a one shot. You can watch a movie over and over and over again, and you can find something new in a long shot because there's different things going on in there. Yes. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Like we haven't, I haven't watched once upon a time in Hollywood since we watched it together. Right. And I want to see it again because there are a lot of shots in there that I'm like, I probably have missed stuff. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Because he does a lot of, lot of long shots like that. So Verbinski is probably some to bring it back to Lone Ranger is somebody who's very confident in what he can do. And it shows on screen. And that whole sequence is just like you said, it flows extremely well. That's, it all blends together. Yeah, that's months and months of pre-planning that one sequence. And that is probably filming your shot, mm-hmm. going at night to edit that shot and mm-hmm. see how it flows based on probably a roadmap he drew up. And I think a lot of directors now just don't want to put that kind of work in. Mm-hmm. Not that they're lazy, but that they don't want to spend, you know, and I, I get it. You get out of work. You don't want to go back to work. But sometimes you need to to create complex sequences like that. Like mm-hmm. I know that when and Game of Thrones kind of gets crap for the episode Battle for Winterfell or whatever that ended up calling Oh, the big one where it's all dark? Yeah. Yeah. But I know that the director would go home at the end of the night and start putting that sequence together so that it kind of flowed so you kind of knew where everybody was, which the complaint most people didn't, but I always thought it flowed well. But, you know, a big sequence like that requires you to go home and edit and figure out where your people are at the end of the night, at least a rough cut, so that you can track your sequence so people aren't confused. And a lot of directors just go, okay, and they get their shots in, and they're just shot at all. They didn't spend that time. They go, let's do quick cuts because... If the audience doesn't know where they are, it doesn't matter right. that we don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and those I, quick cuts probably come from the editor. Because so the editor probably doesn't know where they well, are. Well, the director's probably like, I don't know what to do. And the editor's like, I'll try something. And, and the editor that, should yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not there on set, but should be getting those dailies so that they have time mm-hmm. to really plan out that sequence or get your pre-production notes or get your drawings or your, like, and this is the thing I have problems with whenever I'm creating a script is, storyboards mm-hmm. or the shot list like i'm terrible at that well you don't have to be a good drawer to be a, just draw stick figures as long as you know how to as long as but you can explain it the thing is like a, a sequence like that i'm sure you have to hire somebody to really oh, draw sure. like a, basically a comic book yeah frame by frame this is what i want you have to be you have to have that sequence in your brain mm-hmm. to really know where everything is and i just that was really impressive to me well steven soderbergh directs he'll direct on the way home from this like in the car like so when he was oh, doing yeah. that, when he was doing the Nick, oh, which is a show I really like that was on AMC for only two seasons, actually three. I think it was three three seasons. seasons. He would edit on the way home in the car. And it's like who's doing that? Nobody. Nobody. And that's why Steven Soderbergh is a really good director. I was gonna say, isn't he known for getting everything done really quick? Yeah. yeah. Because he's really good. <laughs> like he's one of those guys that are just like a one one and done take guy, right? Like Fine with me. Clint Eastwood's like that. Listen, if you, I, if I go over, I've said this before, I think on this podcast, but if I go over five takes, there's something wrong. Like there's something wrong, whether it's just not working because the shot's not set up or I didn't explain what I'm looking for, or I'm just not, something's missing. Like it shouldn't take more than five, five takes. Uh, I'm, it's, that's not a hard and fast number, but at some point you're just like, I'm, I'm not Fincher. I can't do 40 takes. Stanley Kubrick also disagreed. Yeah. And that's fine. And that works for them. And that's fine. And, and God, you know, good, but I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I'm not that kind of director. Um, cause then I, cause then I would just get bored on set. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be exciting. It would be like, uh, enough, you know, but that's me. That's me. So you kept asking me about the, what, what really stood out for you in the train sequence? Oh, uh, like I said, the flow, I think the music, the, which I said, we can't say, but it's just, it's good action. Like I forgot how much I liked the opening train scene. Like, cause every time it's on, if it's on stars or HBO and I flip it on, 
it's always towards the end. So I'll just kind of watch, watch it towards the, the end. end. Yeah. But you forget that the opening train scene is good too. Yeah. And it's got some nice action in there as well. Uh, so just the action of it, the adventure, the, I said the music again, the, um, the music is cool. The they flow. don't even hint at it mm-hmm. until the end. It's like you, you've been, you've earned it now. Here you go. Yeah. It's like that usually in a movie like that, they would kind of go. Yeah. And like this, there's a whole other theme that plays throughout the film, which is great. Yeah. But then at the end you get, you get the Ranger. overture. You get the overture in the beginning as well. When they, for the, the bank, they have it like, Oh, you, and yeah. you do. And that's fine kind because of, I'm like, yeah. you have to have it. You have to have it in the beginning. I don't see. I know what you're saying. Like you don't, you're waiting for that music to come. Right. But I think if it's so iconic, you'd like to pop, put it, put it in, in the beginning it, yeah, so that you people know. Okay. Right. Ranger. We're, we're not, we're going to be, yeah, we're not going to try right to be, by him. we're not revisit. We're not changing it. We're right. not revamping it. So, yeah. So the other thing I enjoy was like how they, the fight between Tonto and Fuller, which is the Barry Pepper character, mm-hmm. how, and then Cavendish and the Lone Ranger kind of end where they both slam into each other. And so how they set that all up. Oh yeah. Granted, uh, I would probably break my leg if I jumped 30 feet down to a, uh, oh, I was thinking the uh, same thing. That's salt, the, the, the salt, 30. the, uh, the silver. Yeah. I just thought that he's like, what are you doing here? Where's the train? He sees it. He's just like, Oh, <laughs> silver really broke my fall. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, I was just like, Oh, I would have, I would have been hurt. Oh yeah. He's Tonto. <laughs> the spirits helped him. <laughs> There's gotta be something you didn't like about the movie. I, I told you like the, the, the Tonto stuff, the telling of the story, I never was a big fan of, okay. even though it, it kind of, they, it fits in and it flows a little bit. And there's some funny stuff when he's like, you know, what about the bridge? He's like, what bridge? And then they go back to it. Know, and yeah, that's, that's great. Cause the music kicks up again. So, but I do understand that it was a little like, mm, okay, I, I don't, if that was not in the movie, I would be okay. Uh, it is. Uh, you. I, I said it's long, but I'm trying to think. What can you cut? With what can you cut? Reasonable that doesn't make it feel like it's a cut up movie. That's my problem. Like I don't mind. You want to cut it, sure. But a lot of times when you watch movies and we're like, oh, this movie's two hours. It sounds like they feel like they cut a lot out here. You know, like you miss stuff. And I don't. I don't want a movie to be cut because we just want to get under time. But you don't cut it, and and you've you've let dangling plot lines and stuff doesn't make any more any sense anymore. And it, it would just feel like it would it would ramp up. Like there's a lead up to that action scene that you get for like two hours that if you had the action scene in the beginning, and then you had the stuff in the middle when they go off into the, they off to get the outlaws and they get kind of like that little gunfight. And then you had the stuff with, cause they do have another beat at the, at the barn. I, I just think that they might've been too close together okay. and it would have just felt like a straight action piece. Again, I, I'm not saying I know the answer, to what you cut, but I'm saying don't cut just to get to a certain time unless you're going to cut and you need to make sure that it, the story still resembles what you wanted to tell. That's all my thing. That's it. I mean, we just did, we did a movie this season, meet Joe black where it was three hours long and it, it didn't, I didn't mind that. No. Cause it doesn't feel that. Well, way. that's what I'm but saying. I think Lone Ranger does at times start to feel sure at, at about the halfway mark. The movie does start to Sorry. feel like, a three-hour movie, even though it's not three hours. I, you know, I found myself about halfway going. How much longer is this film? I feel like maybe the plot's just maybe a little too convoluted. Mm-hmm. That there was an easier way to get there. Mm-hmm. And again, also maybe I don't know what to cut. But again, I, I don't. Yeah, it's you know, I don't know. I understand. I understand the criticism of it being long. It feels too long. What do you cut? I understand that criticism. I do not understand the criticism that it's a piece of shit. 
No. Because that's that's it's not. nonsense. Yes. That's nonsense. It's, this is not a piece of shit film. This is not John Carter from Mars. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't mind John Carter from I, Mars I, either. I, I, I only said, uh, to be fair, on that too. Yeah, I only said that. I saw that once. So, and, and I know that that movie was probably also kind of already a negative towards it because people expected what they've read or seen already. In yes. the, in the, it's a comic book or it's a graphic novel? Based on an old novel. Okay, old novel, right. right. But they expect something. Kind of like you talked about Game of Thrones and the Battle of Winterfell. You know, Season 8, people wanted, they wanted something that they didn't get. And I'm sorry, but they're not telling the story. You know what I mean? So right. that they, that's where the expectation jades your criticism. And that's unfortunate because that's not how it works. And I'm very interested to see later... Um, I think the big Christmas movie this year is going to be Dune. Mm-hmm. Well, people will crap on it because and it's I not the Dune people, they want. Yeah, I yeah. think that it's going to be if it's going to be different at all. If mm-hmm. it's going to be slightly what they if they saw only saw the Kyle MacLachlan David Lynch movie, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, "Well, that's not my Dune." It's, mm-hmm. uh, or if it's not so close to the novel, people are going to go, "That's not my Dune." That's not what Paul Atreides looks like. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be mad about it. I understand that because I don't know how I would react if they remade Indiana Jones. I don't know how I would respond. I'd watch it. But I don't know how I'd respond to it, you know, in terms of like. Right. Well, yeah, it's more like modern and iconic. I just don't know. Whereas Lone Ranger, like their their audience for Lone Ranger is not the people that watch Lone Ranger when it came out or the radio shows. The audience is an older generation that just kind of knows of Mm -hmm. the Lone Ranger. Same with John Carter of Mars. They know of maybe. I got you. Okay. Okay. Dune people may know of or just have read the book. This is the first time it's ever been really adapted into a large format movie. Same way Lone Ranger. This is the first big budget Lone Ranger. Well, but you said the Colin McLaughlin movie. That wasn't, that ended up being a pretty big flop. Okay. But it is a cult classic film. So you, okay. So you think there's two different, there are two different factions that are going to come at this new one. Films based on something else that are kind of in the pop culture zeitgeist, I think have a, a group, like you said, that are just waiting Mm -hmm. in the wings to just throw vitriol at it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I hate that. The smallest voices, they're usually the loudest voices. You know why though? That's because the people that are like the sensible people just don't want to bother. Yeah. And honestly, that's maybe it's time that the sensible people stand up and say like, shut up. (laughs) I I just, I've, we're going to go down a tangent. I don't want to go down. No, no, no. Toxicity of fandom. And I think we've already brought that up on on an episode before. Just be a fan. If you don't like it, you don't like it. It's, It's a subjective art. It's fine. But The Lone Ranger is not a piece of, this movie is not a piece of crap. Even though Butler and I were kind of fighting a little, but we weren't, but we're, you know. Yeah. And my, and you're, we're being visited by my dog right now. (laughs) My dog, by the way, is a golden retriever named Indiana. You're welcome. Nice. So, but it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. You might not, it might be too long. Like Mike says, you might not, there's might be stuff you don't like in it, but it's, it's got some great stuff in it and it, you shouldn't just discount it because I don't know, people told you to. Basically, yeah. yeah I think yeah. that's why it's like people were like, it's not good. You yeah. See the, what the critics have said. Yeah. I, I heard I heard it yeah. blew half its budget. I went, I heard it went over budget. Exactly. It's like, oh, did man, you watch it? <laughs> did you see you see all the stuff about Johnny Depp being a Native American? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, he's not a Native American. So they probably didn't even know he was part Native American. True. True. Now, not that I don't want to compare the two, but like, like I'm trying to think of a big budget movie like Avatar. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you think this is better than Avatar? I only saw Avatar the one time. Okay, I guess it's so it's tough. It's like that was and that was a long time ago. I remember going out of Avatar going, that was really cool. But yeah, the story's crap. Yes. But it yeah. was a cool movie. This 
Lone Ranger has a decent story. It's just too convoluted. Well, I, but I, I didn't think Avatar coming out of Avatar didn't go. That was way too long. Although James Cameron does make long movies. Well, what about the action? Yeah, that's the thing about Avatar. I remember like. Well, how about this? How about this statement? Let me say that Avatar is not as good as people say it is. Just as the Lone Ranger isn't as bad as people say it is. Sure. That, okay. I'm okay All with right. that. All right. I can say that. That's a, my my big thing. I always say this, and my buddy always brings it up to me. Is I've always said that Top Gun is overrated, and Days of Thunder is underrated, because Days of Thunder is really good. Days of Thunder is okay. No, it's it's better than people think it is. Even though he does, even though there is a flub in there where she calls him Tom, but still, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Thanks, Tom." I'm like, what? That's not his name. You didn't cut that out. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> Shows how much they care for each other. So anyways, now that we've started talking about Avatar and Days of Thunder and Top Gun. Top Gun Watch Top this Gun is, Maverick coming this, soon. This is usually this is usually the indication that the episode is wrapping up. <laughs> so we will be back. We'll be back next week. We're actually going to do something a little different. Mike, what are we doing next week? Next week, we are doing the 1955 film Night of the Hunter. This is your pick. This is my pick. And uh, also... What? You've never seen I've this never before. Seen, I've never seen I'm it. I'm very excited. There's very rare where I, I can show Field I, a movie that he has never seen. That I can't wait to shit on it for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> somebody down somebody down the street told me this movie sucks, so I hate it. No one tells you this movie sucks. <laughs> I'm it's, just kidding. It's usually regarded as no. a classic. Although, Although when it came out, everyone did dunk on it. Of course. So maybe in 50 years, uh, somebody will like... Forgotten uh, Cinema? Somebody, oh. will like, someone will like Lone Ranger. Oh, no, they should like it now. <laughs> So give it a shot. Give Lone Ranger a shot. It's really good. It's and if you like good action, if you like westerns, it's 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 a good movie. And it's got a great it's got a great soundtrack. Like Mike said, Hans Zimmer does a really good job. Also, I kind of feel bad for Army Hammer because I feel like he gets a like he started his stars started to rise now. But back then, I've liked Army like, Hammer. Oh no, he didn't like he didn't get Batman. Oh, Lone Ranger stunk. And it's like he's kind of like very much like the star of John Carter of Mars. Uh, yes. He's box office boys. Yeah, he's um. I think people think he's wooden or stilted, but I, I think that what because he's tall. I mean that's fine. People don't like him in Call Me yeah, by Your Name. Some tall people, people. Some hey, some people don't like him in Call Me by. Uh, I, some a couple of people I talked to didn't really enjoy him in there. But to be fair, while it is his performance was the one that everyone was lauding. It was it was uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, and that's fine. It, but it's he's good in the movie, and he's going to be in a sequel. Uh, and it's a good movie. Oh, I forgot they were making a sequel. Yeah, right. well, because the book, um, the there's book two books or two something books. like three okay. books, something like that. That's fine. So yeah, no, no, no. And I always my favorite. I'm going to bring this up. My favorite part of Call Me By Your Name. Not my favorite part of Call Me By Your Name, which you could probably guess what it is. But um, <laughs> I always, because my buddy agent's a cinematographer and he was talking about cameras and stuff like that. I go, yo, they shot with one lens on this thing. They shot with one lens. And he's just like, shut up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying they shot with one lens. <laughs> so, but it's a good movie. And I like Hammer in Social Network. He's good in that. I like him in The Man From Uncle, which we're going to do in a couple of weeks. Man From Uncle is another really good yeah, movie. Yeah. That's a movie that I think that people I think kind of slept on. And, and yeah. yeah, I feel like it didn't get hated on, but yeah. I feel like nobody watched it. I think everyone knows Henry Cavill from Superman, Superman, but I know him from the Tudors He's and really he was good, good in the Tudors. Tudors yes. And I remember when he was in Superman, like, oh, good. And, you know, what are you going to do when you do, you know, you do a different role, I think. I don't know. I think I don't think he he's better in the tutors probably because of what he's allowed to do more, maybe acting wise or choice wise. You know, he's good in The Witcher. Yeah, I haven't watched Witcher, so I don't know. I mean, he's in The Witcher. I mean, when you're Superman, you can only do so much. You're you're a role model. You got to play that role. Mm -hmm. Like when you play gray, morally gray characters, much like his character in Man from Uncle. And we're kind of going into the future. It's time to wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed to do more. Yeah. Which maybe is is. Army Hammer just needed more roles like that where he can do more. He has more roles where he can do more, where he mm-hmm. has more to play with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, that will be in a couple of weeks, but next week, Night of the Hunter, as Mike said, so it'll be my first time watching. Mike's excited. Well, hopefully we can find it somewhere. I'm sure it's somewhere. I've not looked. 
What are you staring it's at It's got to be on the Criterion Collection, I think. We'll find it. Uh, we'll find it. We'll watch it. We and then we'll talk you. about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks, everyone. Um, I don't know. Rate us. Review us. Tell us, tell us we're doing a good job or something. Or yell at Michael for not liking Lone Ranger. I'm just joking. Feel he free. Likes it. He likes don't it. forget, you can always suggest stuff to us. Uh, go yes. to ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Uh, we have a contact page there, or we're on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod. You find us on. Thanks, thanks, Indy. Nice. Uh, Indy agrees. You can find us <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know what movies you want us to review, or maybe like tell us we're wrong and Lone Ranger is a piece of crap. We whoa, whoa, we don't whoa. mind engaging in conversation. Absolutely guys. not. It's all in good fun. We, it's like we said before, it's subjective. The the conversation and the debate is what makes talking about movies fun. Yes. You know, we, we're not here to, you're not, you're not, you don't have to convince anyone of anything. You love something. You love it. You hate it. You hate it. That is fine. We will stop talking to you, but that is fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, everyone. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Thanks, Indy. <laughs> Hi ho silver away, away!